Welcome to episode number 137 of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. This episode is titled Rewriting Your Future. And this podcast, the podcast in general, is all about helping you become a better swimmer and lead a better life. And I think today's episode really captures all of that. So my guest is Tim Ford, who is someone I've known for the last few years. And a number of years ago, Tim started his triathlon journey. And over over that time, he's lost more than 50 kilos. He's completely changed his life in respect to his health, his fitness, and his work. And I think it's a really good story to share and how a simple idea can spark a complete life change in someone and with Tim he was working a a typical job and he was over 120 kilos and uh, a friend of his actually invited him to sign up for a triathlon and it was that small thing that completely revolutionized Tim's life over the, the last couple of years. And now Tim is CEO of MX Endurance, which is Chris McCormack's triathlon group. He hosts a, a podcast, the MX Endurance podcast and the Think Fit podcast. He is now coaching a number of athletes in triathlon and he's a very good age group triathlete. So on today's episode, we look at what are some of those things that Tim has changed to turn around his life and become a completely different person. And uh, and we also share some of the things that, that we feel can help other people become better athletes, whether that's triathlon or whether it's swimming, and focusing in on the things that you can control and that you can change and why it, it pays really to have a long-term approach to this stuff. And it's not about looking at what you can do in three months' time, not even three years' time. Sometimes you need to be looking further ahead than that. So let's get right into the podcast. This is Tim Ford from MX, MX Endurance, and uh, we'll talk about it here, but we are not related despite having the same surname. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. I'd like to welcome Tim Ford to the podcast. So, Tim, everyone thinks that we are related, that we're brothers, <laughs> maybe cousins. I'm not sure. Maybe we are, but uh, I haven't found that, I haven't found that to be the case just yet. But uh, I think we um, we could easily be mistaken for brothers. So, uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast, and uh, maybe we can be quasi uh, brothers or cousins. Thank, thank, thank you so much. I think it's the good looks, mate. Uh, we both, you That's know, got to be it. <laughs> blessed with such good looks. It's, it's hard for people to mistake the two. I mean, you know, I mean, it's an easy mistake to make. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to to come onto your show and have a bit of a chat. I, I really enjoy doing this stuff. So yeah, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, oh, we've sort of known known each other for, for a couple of years and um, sort of crossed paths a bit, obviously, through triathlon. And um, one of the things I want to sort of focus in on on this podcast today is how much of a change you've gone through um, personally uh, in sport and I just I guess just general sort of lifestyle um, over the last sort of five to ten years and uh, some of the people who are listening to this may sort of know your story from uh, sort of where you, you came from to where you are now but uh, I think it'd be really good to just sort of cover what your life was like sort of five to ten years ago and um, what you're currently uh, doing now. So uh, in terms of uh, what did life look uh, life look like about ten years ago, um, what was that for you? Yeah, I think oh, ten years ago is what were we talking, 2009. I was working full-time uh, in uh, digital marketing and hospitality and I was – neglecting my diet and I was not exercising. I was drinking more nights a week than I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I just didn't really even think about health as something you're even worried about. I was like, oh, I'm young. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And I also think when you probably do neglect your health, it's very easy to, to push those sort of things out of your mind so you don't ever really dwell on them. And 
uh, I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, I used to always say to myself, oh, you know, as long as I'm under 100 kilos, it's okay. Oh, as long as I'm under 110 kilos, it's okay. Oh, as long as I'm under 120 kilos, it's okay. And then once I sort of got over that 120 kilo mark on the scale, I stopped weighing myself because I, I, I guess it was very sort of difficult to, to, to turn a blind eye to that number when it, you know, rationally, you know, that it shouldn't be that high probably. But I just, you know, didn't really worry too much about it. Kept going on my way, and I was really lucky. I had this this uh, English guy. His name was Rob Woolley. Came and worked with me uh, at the same hotel that I was working at. And I remember he was skinny as a rake, and he was always getting up crazy early to go swim and run and bike and all this stuff. And he told me he was doing this thing called a half Ironman. I was like, oh, what? What's that, guys? He goes, well, you you swim two kilometers or one point nine kilometers. You ride ninety kilometers, and then you run a half marathon. And I, I laughed at him. I literally was like, "Why the Why the hell would you want to do that? Like, that sounds sounds horrific." And uh, yeah, so off he went, and we we sort of just we lived. We actually ended up living next door to each other. So we started to hang out a bit, and I remember, yeah, like probably a couple of months later, so 2009, the the beginning of 2010, it was my birthday, and he said, "I want to sign you up for a triathlon for your birthday." And I was like. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, why not? I, I couldn't do that. You never, never actually thinking about the implications of what that would mean or what, what work I would need to do to, to get there. Uh, and yeah, I said, yeah, let's do it. So he signed me up for the Byron Bay triathlon, which is on the North coast of New South Wales. And I did it. And I probably put weight on in preparing for that race. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I just went, oh, I'll just swim a bit. I'll just run a bit. I'll just ride a bit. And, uh, it was a disaster. It was an absolute, you know, it was horrific. Uh, Took me four hours and five minutes to complete that race, which these days takes me about two hours to finish. Uh, I was absolutely dead last. I think, like, you just name it. Like, you know, a day before the race, I went and hired a, a wetsuit because you told you need a wetsuit, and I went and got a big, heavy surf wetsuit cool. that, of course, didn't didn't fit me properly because I was so overweight, and I had to take it off about 400 meters in a swim. I remember going up to one of the the the, the spotters on their boards and saying, "Do you mind uh, if I take this wetsuit off? Can you take it into the surf club for me? And I'll pick it up after the race." Like, just. <laughs> Like, you know, I think after the race, realizing I had a flat tire, uh, I don't know how long I had that for. And then <laughs> I, it's just, yeah, I, I, I think it's funny to look back at that. What was actually a comedy of errors, uh, but obviously worth it because yeah, something, I guess something flicked a switch flicked in my head at that race or, um, you know, something, something, I guess, I think one of the things I always say to people is I'm the, I'm the sort of person that if I, if I am going to do something, I do try to do it properly. And I definitely walked away from that race feeling like I didn't do it properly. So I wanted to do better. And uh, yeah, it sort of kickstarted things. Mm. And did you, how long after that race did you, did you race again or, or start training? Was there, was there a gap in between or did you just sort of look at it and go, okay, I think I can, I can do better than that. And you just got straight back into it. Or was there a point in time where you went like, I'm, that was, that was a good birthday present, but I'm sort of done there. <laughs> I think I remember that I really enjoyed the bike leg. But I think one of the things when you're when you're big, exercise hurts a lot. Like it's it's, mm. I mean it always it, it hurts now, but it, it's just a different sort of pain. I think, and I remember thinking the bike was actually okay. So I'd gone away and I bought myself a fancy carbon fiber bike. Pretty much straight after, actually, uh, I remember I was pretty motivated. You know, most people who have ever done sort of any race will know that there's nothing quite as motivating as finishing finishing a race and going, I want to do another one. Uh, so I started training, again, I guess a bit more serious probably a month or two later. Not Nothing too more, like not too specific. 
did a lot of bike riding or ate by, by those standards, a lot of bike riding with my mate, my mate Rob. And it wasn't until probably the start or the end of that year, 2010, 2011, where I picked a race that I wanted to do in July. And that's when I started to, I guess, really focus on the, like, you know, I actually want to do better at this event. Uh, I set a challenge for my wife and two of her friends that they were going to do a relay and I had to go faster than their relay team did. Uh, so that was, the race was in July and I think I went two hours 45 at my second triathlon, uh, which I could, I, the, the main thing for me, I remember that day was I just wanted to be able to run the 10 kilometers. I was like, if I can run the 10 kilometers without walking probably 9.5, like I think I did at that first one, I'll, I'll be happy. And I, I did, I, I managed to run the whole 10 K. So I was over the moon. And then I think a year later I did that race again and went two hours 24 and then not long after that, did my first 70.3. So that was sort of my, my progression into the sport was, uh, yeah, more like, I guess, and it's always has been, it's about beating myself, always trying to improve on my performances rather than, uh, I've never really been one motivated by, by racing other people or beating other people or anything like that. So. Mm, I think triathlon's a big one for that, isn't it? Because there's so many different ways that you can improve and get faster, so many different things you can change and test. And it's, it's a real race against yourself. And I, I remember seeing one of your posts pretty recently, I think from the sunny coast try where you were, oh, you, you, know, you said you were disappointed with your time. You thought you could have gone a bit faster with it, but yep. looking back over the last few years, like let's say a couple of years ago, four or five years ago, you look at the time that you did, you think, wow, that is amazing. And it's, it's very easy to forget where you've come from and just mm. sort of look at where you are now. But, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of the harder things to do, I think, is just to sort of reflect and, and look back at, uh, at how much you, you, you have improved and uh, where you sort of like you're a very, very good age group um, triathlete now and, and, and very competitive and, um, you know, and really in that sort of upper part of the, the field and, and racing a lot. So what, uh, what sort of motivates you now that it's, uh, is it the similar things? Is it, is it trying to just beat beat your own times or is there other things that are motivating you now compared to a couple of years ago? I think the big one for me, and I, and I didn't ever really set out with this goal. It just sort of, I stumbled across it so at some point. I thought, oh, that'd be cool. Was I'm now trying to complete a 70.3 in four hours, five minutes, because that was the same amount of time it took me to do that first Olympic distance race. Hmm. And that really motivates me. That's something that I, I really uh, draw on a lot when I'm, you know, maybe struggling or not that motivated or whatever it is, I, I remind myself of that goal. And again, I, 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 I'm very happy to admit that there's a very good chance I probably won't achieve that goal. Uh, but working towards it is something that I find incredibly motivating. And I think the, the big one for me, and I, I, again, I never really set out for this to be the case, but I've had a lot of people who have said that they've found what I did inspiring and therefore they thought they, you know, a lot of people who've lost weight because they've, they've seen what I could do and thought, yeah, I, I can do that too. And that's something that I also really um, am, am motivated by or like, you know, I think whenever I race and I'm doing it tough, I, I get this idea that there could be some person who's thinking about doing their first triathlon if they say, oh, I hate this, it's terrible, it might turn them off. Uh, so that always sort of makes me want to go and, and, and I always try to do my best because I want people who are who are thinking, oh, this is impossible, this is hard or this is not something I can even do to actually well, yeah, okay, if, if Tim can do it, I can because I, I really mean this. I, you know, I get asked all the time, what's the secret to weight loss? What's the, I am the most ordinary stock standard guy out there. There's absolutely nothing exceptional about me. 
And I did it and I thought I couldn't do it. So if I can, there's absolutely no reason why anybody else who's out there struggling with their weight or, or uh, you know, the health or whatever couldn't do it as well because, it, it, yeah, it's – there's nothing ordinary, extraordinary about me whatsoever. So, mm. and I think I, I think uh, so many things. The, the answer to so many things is often a lot simpler than what we um, than, than what we imagine them to be as well. Like with um, you know, how do you get better at, at swimming? How to get better at triathlon? Well, um, eat well, do it consistently, yep. do it regularly. Uh, maybe get a coach and. Um, and yeah, and just sort of follow that over the course of months and over the course of years, and look at yourself three, four, five years later, and mm. uh, and there's there's a very good chance that you're going to to make that improvement. And it's you know if, if you follow that and you can be consistent with it, it uh, it can make a big difference. And and one of the things I really enjoy about uh, the co- coaching swimming is when people come into swimming, they might come into a, a clinic, they're they're doing triathlons, and the swim is their least favorite leg. A lot of people say they really don't enjoy it. But when they turn that around and they do start to enjoy it because they might have a few different things they can now focus on, they're, they're seeing these little improvements happen over time, then they start to get addicted to that and they really start to to enjoy it and they change their whole mindset and perspective around going to the pool or, or swimming in the ocean or, or approaching their their races. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's the same with uh, with sort of competing in competing in tries where as you said when you are when you're unfit when you're unhealthy that pain is a different kind of pain it's just like it's a really sucky sort of pain but as you get fitter and and better at it it's for me at least i, I really enjoy that sort of struggle and that pain uh, mm. but you know if, I, if i've had a couple of weeks out of the water yeah it, it's not a it's not a fun sort of pain I think what you just said, though, like, I, I could think of a real tangible example of that. And that's a few years ago. I really wasn't enjoying my swimming. And this is before I'd ever done one of your clinics or anything. But you brought out those uh, the Art of Triathlon swimming videos. Yep. And I remember I, I bought the series and I, and I watched them. And it was Clayton Patel doing all the, you know, the super fish Clayton Patel. And I think it was Annabelle Luxford maybe was in the video. Yeah, it was, right. was swimming. And I remember I went to the pool. And just focusing on a few of those things that I did in the videos, I was suddenly really motivated about swimming again because it gave me something other than constantly thinking – Oh, I hate this. Oh, this is boring. Oh, this is no good. Just suddenly being like actually focusing on, on parts of my swimming. And I, I remember I was I, I got really motivated. And you're really right about the racing thing. Like I, I, I say to people, I love the, the pain the next day. Like that that feeling of, you know, doms in my muscles the day after a race. It's almost like a badge of honor because it, it tells me that I've actually really pushed myself to my to my limit. And like I said, you're right. I had a race a few weeks ago that I wasn't I wasn't very satisfied with my results. I was definitely happy with my effort, but I could, I feel like I could have been better, but I was not that sore the next day. And I was a bit like, yeah, that's, hmm. I'm a bit disappointed about that because it shows that I, I didn't give everything I, I, I physically that I could have. And yeah, it, it is, it's, there's something very rewarding or yeah, satisfying about that pain these days. Whereas yeah, when you're, when you're bigger or you're unfit, it's, it's not, play, it's just like, oh, this is the worst. Oh, this is so bad. Why am I doing this to myself? Hmm. <laughs> like that, yeah, it's, it's a different conversation. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think as well the when you get to that that point where you you miss if you don't exercise in the day and you're really annoyed with yourself, geez, I I really need to I really need to get some physical exertion happening here. I, f- I feel like I really need to sort of let go of this this built up energy that I've got. That's yeah. a very different approach than going oh I have to go and exercise, I have to go and run. Uh, and it's that it's that sort of switch that 
that makes that really makes the difference. And um, I've sort of just had that over the last couple of sort of weeks and couple of months where over winter, it happens every time. I tend to sort of not train as much and, you know, I'm a bit soft with the cold and, and all of that. But um, sort of coming out of winter, leading into uh, – to spring and summer like it's i just get really excited about the upcoming season of swims and i'm going to start to do some off-road tries and i'm just really excited about it and so now i'm getting to that point where i really want to just every day i'll just want to try and at least you know run or swim whatever it might be and uh, and i'm looking forward to it and if i don't get something done that day i i'm annoyed with myself and uh, and that's how that consistency is starting to build up now Uh, that's what i say to people as well like i think i've gotten to a point these days where it's not even a case of if I can do my workout, it's like I'm gonna do it. It's just part of my routine now. Like I've made mm. it. It's it's not even a case of prioritize. I think consistency is such a big part of that. I've done this now for so long, where that's just how I operate my days. I do my work when I need to. I do my training when I need to, and I and I just fit everything in. So, it um yeah. There's some days where I don't do something where maybe you know something comes up and my wife will just go, just get out of the house and go for a run or something. Will you're killing me. <laughs> you're a nightmare like just do some exercise you're, you're going hyper and, and uh yeah like and even the relationship with with exercise has changed a lot for me like i used to always yeah, think of it as this this thing you had to do where now like for example running for me i had a, I had a, a long long time i hated running and then it's, i don't know something something switched in my head and i think my long run is probably my favorite session now because it's it's mm. like almost it's it's my most selfish time for me i never take a phone with me i always like take a listen to an audio book or a podcast or something that i, I want to listen to and it's just my time and i i really really come to really enjoy that that part of my week and and it is it, when i think when you start to think about your activities in that way rather than okay i've got to check this off the list or whatever it, it does just change your whole approach to it and make it a lot more enjoyable mm. yeah I, I can relate to that a couple of years ago when i built up and did uh taupo ironman those long runs where i was running down beach road here in melbourne and yep. you know the the longer runs sort of you know 15 up to sort of 25 and i think maybe 30 k's for the longest one it was just it was so enjoyable because it's like you just sit at this steady pace and you're just sort of listening to your, your footsteps and your heartbeat and you just get into this really nice rhythm and routine where you're not really thinking about much else and you're just in the zone and mm-hmm. was doing this over uh, leading into the Rotnest Channel swim, I was training with a friend down at Half Moon Bay, and yep. we were doing our longer swims on a Wednesday morning. And pretty much every every time, except for once or twice, we've got these great conditions where there's no wind, the water was like a lake, and it's just peaceful. The, the sun's starting to come up as we're swimming, and we're swimming for two, three, three and a half hours, and it's just we were kind of just going stroke for stroke next to each other, and it was it's just beautiful like i couldn't think of anything else i'd rather be doing than than that at the time and it's it's that that really sort of clears the mind and then after that exercise in the morning i'm just so i'm thinking so clearly with all right what do i need to do work-wise and coaching and everything and it just can set you up very well for the for the day and uh and i can relate to yeah my wife just she can tell if i haven't exercised and she's (laughs) the same thing she's get out of the house just go do something she'll be kicking me out the door just just to because uh, my better person once i've exercised yeah i think the same. I, i'm I, I reckon you're right though that there's something about especially swimming i do a lot of my open water swimming at bondi beach in sydney and i think one of the we are very lucky in sydney that even in winter you can still swim in the you know it's a little bit cold when you get in but there's been so many mornings when i've gotten up and like i don't live very close to the beach either so it's a good you know 40 minute drive for me to get there 
But as soon as I'm like done, I go like, man, this is such a good way to start the day. Like mm. it, there really is something about, especially swimming, I think, where you just, yeah, you, you always, apart from the, the insane appetite that I always seem to get after a swim, <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's something very nice about just starting the, the day, you know, the sun comes up, you got that sunrise and you're in the water and it's, you know, beautiful and flat and calm and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And you've, um, and you've sort of changed work-wise what you're doing now, so there you've basically you've gone full in with triathlon as the the ceo of mx endurance um you run or you host two podcasts and uh and everything is around sport and triathlon so what's that change been like for you in terms of um i guess happiness around the work that you're doing and your uh, and the purpose around the work that you're doing what's that that been like for you over the last couple of years as you've sort of moved into it It, it's I still have to pinch myself a lot of the time. Like I still can't really believe that this is what I do now. Like it's it, it's so funny. I was finishing. Well, I, I went away and studied law, so I've just I graduated a law degree uh, eighteen months ago, and it was around that same time where uh, Macca asked if I wanted to run the team for him, and I, I was like, "Are you sure?" Like me, mm-hmm. and it's 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 been incredible. I think there's been some challenges that I don't think a lot of people probably, you know, a lot of people think oh, I'd love to do this. This is what I'm passionate about. It's my hobby. I think that the biggest thing that I've been shocked by is, you know, I've, I've had to almost set a lot of very strict boundaries because it's very easy when your hobby becomes your job to work a lot more without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's been a, something that for me that I struggle with. I struggle with for quite a while. Uh, my wife, again, my wife would be like, you, you're on your laptop again. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? But it's it's incredible being able to, um, I guess, play such a part in other people's journeys through the sport, which is something I'm really grateful. And, and like you said, the, the coaching thing. So I coach. I've got a I've got a fairly substantial number of athletes at the moment that I I never imagined I'd be a coach ever. Like I never. It's almost a bit of a triathlon cliche. I think these days you become an age group athlete, you get race for a while, and you, you almost become a coach. Uh, I never thought i'd travel that path for me it was you know i I do this sport to to improve myself and it wasn't until i had some athletes approach me and ask if i'd coach and i was like okay like i'm happy to to give it a go and it i found like i do with the mx thing like the the satisfaction i get out of other people's success is is it i think i almost get more excited when people i coach or work with do well than when i do myself it's it's i can't even explain uh that feeling and it's something that I'm sure other people who coach out there, you know, get that that you you see as a as a coach or uh, again with MX the, the work people put in that I think when you're doing it yourself you're not always aware of. I think it's very it's very easy to get caught up in what you're doing and just focus on that end goal. Whereas as a coach, I see the whole picture a lot of the time, and you see that person who you see their struggles, you see them dealing with things. Uh, you know, they might have a, a family problem that comes up, so they miss a week of training, or they get sick, or they get a little bit injured, or whatever it is. And then you see them get to that race and, and and exceed their expectations or meet their expectations or whatever, and it just it, it I I love it I absolutely love it so much and like I said I I am I am under no illusions of how lucky I am to to have the the career I now have uh, I am you know there's not many people who have a sporting hero who asks them to come and run their company for them and like I, I still sit there in meetings with with Macca. And I have to pinch myself sometimes. I'm like, holy shit, this is this is real. Like, this isn't this isn't a dream. Uh, at the same time, I find it. I think it's probably you know, uh, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself for that as well because I am working for somebody that I've idolised. I don't want to let him down a lot of the time as well. So I think that's probably why I do work as hard as I do about it. Uh, 
but yeah, it, it is it is crazy to think that you know, ten years ago I was working in marketing and hospitality, and here I am. My my entire life now basically is about endurance sports coaching and triathlon, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's surreal, and uh, I'm yeah, I, I'm I, I am aware of how lucky I am, and I'm very grateful for that as well. I think. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's great to see because you know people. It's very easy to get stuck doing what you're doing and thinking that there's no other options out there. Yeah. And and looking ten years ago, I'm I'm sure you would have never thought that this is this is something that you'd be doing and and coaching people in triathlon uh, and obviously running running MX endurance as well. And it's uh and I remember when I first well when I first started effortless swimming, I thought what right do I have to be be coaching or teaching other people like who am I to to do that but um and yeah maybe in the, the very early days maybe that was that was true like I had no experience as a as a or very little experience as a coach I'd, I'd just been an athlete but over the the last 10 plus years start I, I feel like we get a pretty good sense of how how we can help people and, and what makes a difference with their swimming and you just get that experience and you build that confidence and you 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 work with more athletes and you're able to sort of help more people and find out what works with them. You continue to build on that, that success and that confidence. And there's no reason why where you're at today has to be where you're going to be for the next five, 10, 20 years. Oh, it's exactly right. And even, even these days, I find it quite funny, like, especially my grandparents are always, Oh, but what about your law degree? I, what if yeah, you, you just, you, and I, and I, and I said like my nan, I said this to all the time, I'm like, nan, like my law degree is not going anywhere. And I'd rather I'd rather try and potentially fail at something that I really care about, rather than never try at all and just go into something that I don't not want to do but am not as interested about. Mm. And like I, I, that's yeah, just I took a chance, and that's the thing. I, law like law's a pretty good backup to have. Marketing's a pretty good like you know I, I'm pretty sure that should all this fail, as I'm <laughs> constantly worried that it will. <laughs> I, I I'll have I'll have things to back myself up with, and 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 I, I think the coaching thing is really. Uh, really interesting too because I think when I started, you're right. I was like, I have no right to be telling people what to do. Like I, 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 I barely know myself a lot of the time. And and I think it, for myself, I was very, I was very quick to put this label. Oh, I, I coach beginner athletes. Oh, don't, don't, don't. I'm not a real coach. I just, I just worry about people who are trying to lose weight. Like that's that. that I'm just, I'm just helping them. And it wasn't until I started to have athletes like go better and better. And I, and I think I had a guy I coached last year, and he went four hours twenty. On debut is seventy point three, and dude, I'm not. I am not claiming responsibility for that. He's an incredible. Luke is an incredible athlete, but it made me go, "This isn't a beginner athlete. Like that's pretty. That's pretty impressive for a first. And I've coached him for nearly two years. Maybe I need to stop considering myself purely a beginner coach now. Mm. And and I think you know what what you know with most things, what you put out is what you get back. And I, I without even realizing, I picked up a stable of of quite you know quite good athletes. I absolutely still think I, I gravitate a lot towards those beginner guys who want to lose weight and like that's my niche my comfort zone I think I have a lot of experience that I can give them but yeah I, I have definitely um through experience as you said because you know unintentional intention I've been coaching for nearly five years uh, I've learned a lot and grown a lot the way I coach the way the, the way I do things and yeah my athletes have increased and improved a lot I've got you know I have athletes that have qualified for world championships I have athletes who have you know smashed pbs than ever thought possible i had a guy who who did an ironman pb of over two hours uh at port mac this year i couldn't believe it like it, it's it's stuff like that that has made me go yeah you know what you you you, you do learn and it, i think as a coach as well 
you need to, I do not believe I have all the answers. I don't think there's a coach out there who does. Uh, I think there are some very incredible coaches out there who know a lot of stuff. But if, if you ever try to convince yourself, you know, everything, I think that's, that's pretty dangerous. And I think that's something we tried to do a lot with MX is, you know, when I, when I was asked to run the team by Chris, I, I said, we need to go back to like, what is this to you, Chris? And he said, you know, as an athlete, he, he, he relied on lots of people. Uh, you know, he never, he never had all the answers. He had a big team around him and that's what we've been trying to do with MX. I mean, we have somebody like yourself, Brenton, who's our, who's, you know, our swim guru, but we, we, we realized that there is a lot of information out there. So let's try to bring people together to work together, to, to, to find the information that people or make it easier for people to find that information they need. So, uh, collaboration, I think is one of the most underrated things in our sport because triathlon is quite, you know, it's quite solo. A lot of people do it in isolation, but the more you can learn from other people and the more you can admit, I don't know this, I need to find somebody who does, uh, you're going to improve so much faster uh, and, and become a better person or an athlete, I should say, or a person uh, as a result of it. Mm. Yeah, and the, the way I've started to, or the way I try and approach coaching and, and there's days where I, f- I feel like, like that I still don't know a lot about swimming and I the way I try and approach it though is just, all right, teach teach what you teach what I know and obviously and still try and learn and and grow and and become a better coach but teach what I know trust that that works and the people that are out there who want to who want to get better and and can relate to what I'm talking about they're going to take that on board and it's going to to work for them and with some people may not work some people might gravitate to a different style of coaching or a different way that we that, that pe- someone will phrase uh, things or, or be coaching, but just trust that what you do is going to work for people out there and they're the ones that are going to, mm. to, to move towards you. And I, I had a very similar thing with just sort of the level of athletes that, uh, that I was coaching where I thought, okay, yeah, yeah I'm happy to work with, uh, with, with adults who are maybe newer to the sport and uh, you know, like, same thing like beginner, intermediate level triathletes. But beyond that, like pro triathletes, um, anyone at a national international level of of swimming i thought no there's no like there's no way that i'm at that level to to work with them but just that, that over the over time that starts to build up and got several professional triathletes who send videos in i do analysis with on a regular basis and just recently yep. contacted by a uh, by an olympian um, who raced in the the rio games and and same thing when he contacted me i'm like oh, jesus christ like all right i better up my game here but, it's, but it, it's that where it's like you know and when i started to work with him i'm like i'm i'm going deep into sort of research and looking looking further into the things that i i feel like i know but i want to make sure that i'm i'm teaching the right things and that i'm going to be giving the right advice and it's, it's that sort of challenge and that pressure like that pressure of wanting to make sure that you run a tight ship and do a good job for maca it's that sort of pressure that i think makes you makes you grow makes you develop and uh and get better at what you do oh and and uh, you know this this role that i now have has forced me to step out of my comfort zone constantly like i'm i'm dealing with companies i remember the first time i had to we were, we were uh, discussing a partnership with blue 70 and i, I was on the phone with uh, john the ceo of blue 70 i'm like what is this is <laughs> what what am i doing here i am sitting in my living room in my pajamas <laughs> on a <laughs> on a phone call with the ceo of one of the you know the, the premier triathlon companies in the world and yeah, you're exactly. I think you know you 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 by put by doing things that you're probably not necessarily comfortable with at first. You're you're going to grow as well. You're going to you're going to learn. I, I've learned so many new skills um, through my role doing things that I probably never would have had exposure to. Uh, 
that just means I think you can only get better as a person because of that. I don't think doing things you're not comfortable with is going to make you worse off. I don't, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to go and have this, you know, these things that push them out of their comfort zone and go, well, that's made me worse. I, I really regret doing that stuff and I'm never ab- ever, ever going to do anything like that ever again. Like, I don't think that's, that's probably not the, the norm. I think most people step out of their comfort zone and go, well, okay, I did this. What else can I do? And I think that's, especially when you look at something like, like what I went through, the, the weight loss. I say this all the time to, to people. Like, it's it's amazing how like losing what I've lost over fifty. I don't even know. I I, don't, I never weighed myself at the start, but like losing over fifty kilos was bloody hard. It was not just just oh, just look the weight's fallen off. Imagine this. Hmm. When I look at things now that are hard, it's very it's a very powerful tool for me to be able to go. Well, I did that. That was hard. How hard can this be? Like again, that's not me saying oh, everything's easy, but it it does give things context for me, and the the, the understanding that. Hard work and commitment often leads to good things, and that's I think that's probably the thing I'm I'm really grateful for, and, and I think I try to pro- take, you know, as a coach, I try to instill this in my athletes, but you know, in my in my um, work, if I if I work hard and do the things that I think need to be done right, it should it should hopefully pay off, and I and I think I'm seeing that, and and it, I, that's a lesson that I learned by, as I said, stepping out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, no. I- and I think working with so many different people too, like we, we work with so, and you, you, you work with so many people through MX and your coaching and we do the same through, through the clinics and the camps that we run is that you just, you get to realize that people are people and it doesn't matter if their goal is to do their first sprint distance triathlon or their goal is to compete at Kona. Everyone is on a, on a level playing field. Like no one is better than someone else. We're all just, we're all just people. And to look at someone where they currently are and to think that's that's them that's the the end result uh and and see them as more or less value than someone else it's just that's not how things roll and i think as a for me coaching when we we work with all these different levels of athletes how like some people are are at the start of their journey some people are, are closer towards that that finish line for themselves and uh it's one thing i really get annoyed about i think in the kind of swimming coaching community is there's a big there's a big tendency for for swim coaches to to look at uh, i think triathletes and and even just sort of adult swimmers and go like oh they you know they swim for they're, they're triathletes and they can't swim or it, it, that sort of approach it's like well hang yeah. on a minute they're swimming swimming they if, if someone loves the water and they're training and they want to get fitter who cares what sport they're doing they're coming yeah. to the pool they're coming to training and they they want to get better and it doesn't matter if it's going to be a slightly you know it might be a slightly choppier slightly messier stroke for them to do well in in open water or triathlon it's it's that sort of uh mindset in the swim coaching world that that pisses me off a bit so mm-hmm. and and i and to be fair I, I i probably had that at the start 10 years ago or so i thought you know not because i was i came from that pure swimming background but uh, it's yeah, everyone's, uh, th- there's no point trying to judge because if you step into their world, if you go from swimming to triathlon and someone's saying that about your bike, which someone yeah. could easily say that about my biking, uh, then I'd feel <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, hang on a minute here. I'm just, uh, I'm just wanting to, you know, to get better. So, um, leaving the, the judgment aside is, uh, is something that I've come to, to learn over the last couple of years, working with so many different people. And I think that's something that I've, like, I've, again, with the, with triathlon, like I remember that first race that I did rocking up and I was wearing like, you know, I didn't have all the right gear. I had a $150 road bike I'd bought on eBay that was too small for me. And I remember seeing these, I don't, I don't even think I knew what a time trial bike was, 
I didn't know what a disc wheel was. I didn't know any. And I remember looking at these bikes and these aero helmets and everything and being like, holy shit, like what? <laughs> What is what is this? And I, I remember calling them time machines. I thought these things look like time machines. They look like out of Back to the Future. That if you, you know, you go fast enough, you're gonna you know travel through time. And I therefore I really make a point now, especially with the guys that I start, like the beginner guys, of like, this is you know you're gonna feel this way. It's it's okay. But I, I you know I promise you, unless you're a prick, nobody's judging you as a beginner. Like, <laughs> yeah. but I I look back to that first race that I did, and. It was a four-lap run course, and on the very first lap, the 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 SAG, you know, the last guys come up and said, "Is this your last lap?" And I said, "Mate, buckle in, mate. This is my first lap. Like we're going to be here all day." <laughs> and but not a single person, not a single person on that entire course ever laughed at me, ever criticized me, made fun of me. Nothing. They were all cheering mm. for me. I had all this support, all these people, you know, encouraging me to keep going, keep going. And I think that's something that's really unique about triathlon as a sport is. I mean, look, they're, they're pricks in all sport. I, I, I can, you know, I've come across plenty of people that I don't particularly care for in, in triathlon, but the majority of people in our sport are inclusive and encouraging and, and see that, you're, you know, we're all running our own race. And, we're, you know, and, and I think there's a documentary on Netflix. It's by uh, James Lawrence. He did the 50 Ironman in 50 states in 50 days thing. And one of the things I've really liked he, him saying, he's talking about his mum who runs five kilometers a day, and he goes, like hard is relative for every person. Like for him, doing 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states is hard. But for somebody else, like his mum, running five kilometers is hard. And there's no, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I really believe this. We don't get to criticize or judge what another person perceives as hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you might have a swimmer who's, you know, they're finally broken a minute for, for 100 meters. And they might be over the moon. But they might not be as excited about the person in the next lane who's broken two minutes for the 100 meters. Like it's it's... It's it's relative, I think, and that's what I, I think is is really good about this stuff. Is that it is it is a sport where you you are you are mostly like again the vast majority of us are just out there to do our best. Uh, you know, there are some people who are obviously going for Kona slots, going for Taupo slots or whatever, but the majority of people I think yeah are just out there to to test themselves and, and see what they're capable of. And most people get that, and most people are really encouraging and supportive of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I find that. Um, especially be the case in triathlon and uh, and open water swimming um, and even like master swimming where I, I spent eight eight or nine years coaching uh, coaching swimmers there. So it's um, it's good just to be a part of a a club or a community and and have that group of friends or have that group of peers that that wants you to to do well. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think friendships formed through sport and and I think back to some of my best friends have have come through through swimming it's it's those friendships form through sport and you and you suffer together in training and you you know you race together and you share those stories it's, i really like that kind of uh, community feel about about the things that we do and um yeah and, and i think it obviously attracts a lot of like-minded people and that's why i think like you and i can have a, a chat without really much of a an agenda or any sort of set questions uh for you know for an hour where it's just uh it's just good to sort of share our experiences and um and the things that we've we've learned over the last couple of years, so um, we uh, we might uh, have to wrap it up here. But what have you got coming up in terms of your your racing, your sport, and uh, what's happening with MX over the next couple of months? Yeah, so I'm about to jump on a plane and head over to Kona uh, next week. Actually, I'm going over. One of my my friends, a couple of my friends are qualified, and I, I've always wanted to go. So I'll be in Kona for two weeks. I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna be that dickhead running down Alihi Drive doing efforts when everyone else is gonna think I'm racing or something. Say, like, no, nah, mate, I'm ra- I'm not racing. I'm just I'm just showing off. 
<laughs> uh, and then I'm then I'm heading to America and I'm racing North Carolina 70.3, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I've got my big race for the year is the Bahrain 70.3. I'm going over uh, with, a, with a whole group of, group of, the, of the MX guys. And then, yeah, MX, we're about to launch. We did the race team, the inaugural MX Endurance race team uh, for 2019. We're about to open up applications for the 2020 race team at the start of October. Uh, so we're, you know, basically ambassadors for mx endurance uh which is which is really exciting and then we've got some a uh, camp coming up in march in phuket we're doing a i know you you do your hell week uh, over there we're doing i guess the triathlon version we call it the super camp uh seven days of of like properly high volume quality triathlon training from the 7th to the 15th of march uh that i'm really really excited about i mean i'm sure you know this but you can't beat training Phuket, especially if you're in Australia, New Zealand, or in the Asia area. It's just so cheap to go there, and the quality is so high. And you know, Phuket is such an incredible, friendly, amazing, safe uh, part of the world uh, that I love training there. And mm. I'm really, really excited to take a whole crew of the MX guys. I think we've got about ten people signed up so far. We're hoping to get about twenty. So uh, it's going to be amazing. So yeah, plenty, plenty of stuff happening. I'm, I'm, I'm chipping away at that four or five. I'm hoping to maybe get under four ten. By the end of this year, that'd be pretty good. And then, yeah, who knows, mate? Uh, twenty twenty will be a. I actually haven't got that much planned for that year yet, so we'll see. We'll see how we go. Um, yeah, oh, it sounds like you got a busy couple of months coming up anyway, so um, don't plan too far ahead <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with all you got happening. So, uh, mate, I appreciate you being on the podcast, and it's always good to to chat. And uh, no doubt, we'll catch up again uh, sometime next year. And uh, yeah, have you on the podcast again. No, thank you so much for having me. And again, uh, you were on our podcast a couple of weeks ago as well. So if people want to hear a bit about you, they can always check out the MX Endurance podcast and hear your your lovely voice where we we do this. We're a bit more technical on that one, I think. You've got a bit more expertise maybe than myself. So uh, thank you so much for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.